Welcome to On Texas Football. Time for the Saturday conversation. Uh, y'all, you ready for some football today, Paul? I'm ready for some football. Always ready for some football. <laughs> it's been two weeks. It's time for the Longhorns to get on the field and show the Cougars what's what. Let's start with that game in the Saturday conversation. Each and every Saturday, Paul Wallington and I of Inside Texas like to get together, uh, talk about the games that are coming up that day, uh, as well as uh, the conference games. So the big national games we're going to talk about that are coming today, as well as the conference games. Uh, but let's start with the one the nearest and dearest to our heart, Paul. Uh, the Longhorns head to Houston to take on the Cougars today at three on Fox. Uh, your final thoughts heading into the final uh, hours or so before the Longhorns uh, head down, or get on the field. Well, Houston's about to face the best offense they've seen all year. And the Texas offense has too many layered weapons against, frankly, a, a bad defense. You know, I, we did our tail of the tape. Talked about Houston. I really identified four dudes on their defense that are quality players. The other seven, I did not, I did not identify them for a reason, Bobby. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think Texas is going to score. I think they're going to score early and often. I think ultimately they should be able to score in the 40s in this game. And if that happens, I don't think there's much chance that Houston matches that and, and wins in some sort of shootout. Uh, I, and I think ultimately the Texas defense will narrow down the Houston offense options and probably hold them to high teens, low twenties. And I think that will be the final result. Biggest fear for the Longhorns in this game. I just think U of H has a good receiver core. You got to get a hold of those guys early. You got to put some hits on those guys early. You got to, you got to run with them. Uh, Holgo's got a good creative mind. He'll scheme up a couple of good plays. You just got to stay resilient and, and realize that Houston is a little better at moving the ball than necessarily scoring the ball. And there is a difference between those two things. Sounds a little bit like Texas themselves. Uh, start of the second half of the season for the Longhorns. Anything you're particularly uh, wanting to see out of this game for Texas? Win. Win out. I want to rematch with OU. I, I still think that there's a Big 12 title opportunity uh, that's available for Texas. Uh, all the concern and hand-wringing about – what if West Virginia doesn't win a game, uh, doesn't lose a game? That was immediately solved when, you know, I mean, West Virginia wasn't going to go undefeated, y'all. And and I, I think there's a chance that, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I, I think the team that probably plays OU will be a one loss or maybe even a two loss conference Big 12 team. So uh, Texas, the best thing they can do is win out. They'll be, they'll be in Dallas again facing OU. And then there's all sorts of stuff in front of them in that football game. So that's the goal. Do it one week at a time. Do it one opponent at a time. Right now it's Houston. Get her done and move on to the next. We mentioned Texas at 3 o'clock on Fox for that game, Paul. Uh, the other game that, that precedes it, and this starts our – we're going to talk about four national games. The first one on Fox is Penn State goes to Ohio State. This is the first of the round robin of these – the three power teams in the – the uh, Big Ten, along with Penn State, Ohio State, there's Michigan. Uh, clearly, these two teams undefeated. Uh, what, what team you you looking for to take have the edge between Penn State and Ohio State on set, uh, later today? I'll tell you the side of the ball that's going to have the edge. Defense on both sides. Uh, I think this is going to be a defensive struggle. I think this is going to be a tight, nip-and-tuck game. I think both offensive coordinators and head coaches – are going to be tested as to the degree to which they want to put the game on the shoulders of their quarterback. Because both of these defenses are excellent. They're ball hawking. They're good in coverage. They can both stop the run. Uh, I think 
Penn State has played a very conservative brand of football and it's still been effective because their defense has been so overwhelming. And frankly, they haven't played anyone. Ohio State has had to win with their defense for once. Uh, they did that certainly against Notre Dame. And I think you've seen it in games like where they faced uh, Rutgers, I believe. And they, I think they won that game – or Indiana, I should say. And they won that game 23-3. to you know, that is not a typical Ohio State-Indiana score. That's typically 52-17, to 52-21. This is a different brand of Ohio State. Now, they still have Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, that dude is the most talented guy on the field at all times. And, and that may be the guy that swings the game. But Penn State has not done well in this series, Bobby, particularly in Columbus. I think – this could be the year that worm turns. Uh, they come in as four and a half point dogs. I'd be comfortable taking Penn State in the points here, probably, but I think this is going to be a really tight defensive struggle. Uh, I mean, this game could be played in the low 20s, high teens. Interesting. I think this is going to be either the make or break game for Kyle McCord this year, the, the new starter at Ohio State. Uh, he... I think he's grown up some a little bit in the last couple of weeks. How much, though, has he? Mm. Uh, two young quarterbacks, really, for both Penn State and Ohio State. And so I like the idea of what you're talking about with a defensive struggle. Uh, Drew Alaire and Kyle McCord uh, for Penn State and Ohio State, respectively. Very talented, but not experienced at this point. Uh, that's the 11 o'clock game. The 2.30 game on CBS is the next one I had circled. Of course, Texas plays at 3.00. But at 2.30, Tennessee goes to Alabama, Paul. Uh, and the Vols coming off a big emotional win at home over the Aggies. Bama, uh, you know, continuing to just rack up wins. They're not always pretty. But Nick Saban doing his magic. Six and one. Uh, only lost to the Longhorns. Jalen Milrow, it, it, you know, I don't know even know what to say. Tennessee, of course, beat the, the Crimson Tide a year ago. Uh, with a different cast of characters on offense. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, we mentioned a defensive struggle, Bobby. Get ready for another defensive struggle. I think <laughs> I don't think that, either team going back in time. We're this is 1988, Bobby. We're <laughs> we we understand this type of football. Uh this is this was our uh these were our, our college and high school days. Yeah. Uh I tell you what, I think both teams are gonna struggle to block up the other team. I think the difference is. Alabama's going to trust their quarterback more in this game. And, and that's a strange thing to say, given Jalen Milrow's relative inexperience. But Milton, boy, he was shaky against Texas A&M. And, and Josh Heupel was doing everything he could not to put the game in his hands. Uh, Tennessee, a very effective running game. Uh, they're one of the better running teams in the country. That's not going to show well against Bama. Bama is going to shut down that Tennessee running game. They're going to try to put the game on Joe Milton. Josh Heupel does not want the game on Joe Milton on the road in, in hostile territory against, I think, a, a Bama defense that's that's fixed some stuff since they played Texas. Uh, ultimately, I think this game is not going to be high scoring. I think both teams can limit the other. Tennessee has a really improved pass rush. I mean, they almost put poor Max Johnson in the hospital uh, against AM. I think they're going to get some hits and sacks on Milrow because Bama's still starting a guy who's not very good at left tackle in, in Caden Proctor. So I think ultimately that's what it's going to be. I think Bama's going to win. 
And I, I think they're the better team overall. Uh, Tennessee had a nice sort of gutty win against the Aggies. Uh, I, I thought they would win that game because I don't have much faith in AM's coaching at this point. Uh, but I think they're going to face a step up in, in coaching, and I think they're going to face comparable talent in Bama. What do you think, Bobby? Uh, let me ask you, what's what's the line on that, Paul? Roughly? It's, last I looked, it was eight and a half or something like that. For Bama. Yeah, I would take Tennessee to cover. Uh, the reason why, one, is I think – I think Bama, while I think they're motivated a little bit by Tennessee and their their victory last year, uh, Tennessee's victory last year in Knoxville, I just think Josh Heupel is a better offensive coordinator and play caller in tight games than Tommy Reese at, at Alabama. 100%. And so I think if, if it is a tight game, I'd lean on Josh Heupel. Just like Josh Heupel, in my opinion, was a better play caller against than Jimbo Fisher last week. I think your analysis is dead on. I, I think the difference is his conduit of play calling is Joe Milton. No, no, I know. But he, even, even he he is a lot like uh, the Oklahoma office coordinator, Jeff Levy. He can c- try to create some value in the run game, no matter yeah. what. Uh, whereas A&M just is helpless. I, I don't know. I would. I think Bama wins. But I wouldn't bet the house on that. And I, I certainly think Tennessee likely covers unless there's a kick return for a touchdown or a interception. You know, it's a couple big to your point. If Milton or Milrow, either one of them, get turnover happy in that game, which we both think that could happen to both of those guys, uh, frankly. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. 630 game, ABC. This is an interesting. I can't even believe we're talking about this one. Duke, Florida State. Why are we talking about this? Well, Duke's lost one game. Florida State's undefeated. It's the only uh, two-team two team ranked teams playing each other in the evening on the East Coast. Uh, Duke, FSU, FSU going to take this one and make make Duke pay for having inferior athletes? Well, you know, it's typical Duke football. You know, first-round draft pick NFL quarterback and a dominating physical defense. That's <laughs> traditional Blue Devil football uh, facing the Florida State Seminoles. I'll tell you what, man. Mike Elko is, is on the short list of coach of the year, I think, for the job that he's done at Duke. And I think you are right. Overall, their athletes are inferior. Where their athletes aren't inferior to Florida State is quarterback – and most of the guys on that defense, uh, they've got some guys on there. They've got some dudes on their defensive line. They've got pretty good defensive backs. And Elko just has a mind meld with them schematically. Uh, I think that can pose some problems for, for Florida State. Jordan Travis, I don't know if you've noticed, Bobby, but he's kind of made out of tissue paper. And if you can get some hits on that guy, he starts to degrade through the game. Uh, to include, he might have to sit out a quarter, um, which, you know, has happened before. So Duke's physicality on defense is going to be key. Obviously, the big concern is Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. You got a pair of NBA players standing out there on the edge who will win every jump ball. One of them 6'4 and played for Michigan State on the basketball team. And then, of course, Johnny Wilson 6'7. I mean, holy cow. Former Texas recruit, Johnny Wilson. Uh those guys are tough, but I think Elko is going to have a plan. To me, the game ultimately boils down to is, is can Riley Leonard play? If he can play, Duke's got a chance for sure. Uh, if he can't play, I don't I don't see how Duke can win it. 
even if the, their defense comes out and balls out. All right, uh, Paul, let's transition to, to uh, the Big 12 now. But before we do so, let's say thank you uh, to our sponsor. Yeah, if you're in the market looking for a house and you're interested in a mortgage guy, transition to this guy as quickly as possible. His name's Gabe Winslow. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Why should you go with Gabe? Well, very quickly, over 20 years in the industry, he has an endless number of Google reviews and reviews on Inside Texas and reviews on the YouTube channel uh, of, of customers that we've sent him and I've sent him uh, in my podcast. And they just rave about the level of service, the sophistication, uh, the financial acumen that Gabe brings to the table. Uh, he's also a diehard Longhorn, which doesn't hurt. If he's not your first call, make up your last, 832-557-1095. All right. Uh, thank you, Gabe, for your sponsorship. Hey, hey, uh, Paul, uh, question. I'm looking at the, the Big 12 slate, and Central Florida goes to Oklahoma at 11 on ABC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Any chance of a letdown there for the Sooners or no? Yeah, there is a chance. Uh, you know, Texas and OU played a very physical game and Texas certainly felt the effects of that. OU felt the effects of that. I don't I don't know if they've got some of their guys back. Um, Andrew Anthony, I don't think he's coming back, is he? Nope. Okay. So that's a loss. You know, OU's receiver core is pretty good, but they're not just so deep that they can withstand those kind of losses. Uh, so that's going to hurt them. UCF has had a, a bad combination of bad luck and bad defense this season. They're 0-3 in Big 12 play. Uh, I did not anticipate that. That said, going against Gus Malzahn as a heavy underdog, don't always, don't always sleep on Gus. Uh, OU's got quite a bit of film on them now, by now, and we now see OU at their best. They, they brought out everything against Texas. Gus has watched that film. I think John Rice Plumley is healthy, finally. And UCF has some ability to scheme and score on offense. So that game may be more interesting and more fun than people think at first blush. I think OU's almost a three-touchdown favorite at home and, and for good reason they've been absolutely blowing out people at home but this game may be more entertaining than people think uh i don't have a strong opinion on the, the final outcome in terms of the line or anything like that but i like the over potentially i think ucf may score some points on the sooners interesting uh baylor goes to cincinnati dave aranda is worried about a swan song here i mean he may be getting be shown the door if he can't score more on offense uh you know, what do you think about this one? These are the two have-nots in the in the Big 12 right now, in my opinion. They are. Uh, Iowa State went in there and worked them over last Bad. week. 
Yeah. Uh, which is where Baylor yeah. goes this weekend. Yep. That was a recommended bet for me uh, in beating my beating Vegas column on inside Texas. Uh, Iowa State was getting five points in that match and they won by 20. And it, it didn't even look that close, Bobby. So I think that film is telling. Uh, look, Rocco Beck went in there and threw the ball around. And I, I'm pretty sure Blake Chapin's at least as good a quarterback as Rocco Beck. Uh, Baylor does have some speed on the outside. So I think they're going to be able to score a little bit. The problem is Baylor can't stop anyone. And I don't know what's happened to that defense. I mean, just obviously a talent deficit, but also just sort of structurally and schematically, they seem to have fallen apart. Uh, Emory Jones is usually good for what ails you on defense because he will put the ball in peril. But he's also a talented guy physically. I'm going to think Cincinnati runs the ball and then uses Emory Jones's legs in this contest. And I think it'll actually be an interesting game. I think Baylor's a three-point dog the last I looked. Uh, I think this is actually a fairly evenly matched game. What do you think, Bobby? I think it's the have-nots of the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, they, now, Baylor, if Shapin is good to go, I, I would give Baylor the the – the nod, but man, they just, they, they are not good on defense and they're not good on offense. I mean, how do you give them the nod on anything uh, right now? I, I would just throw that one in a shaker and ask the magic eight ball. Who's going to win. I think. Um, well, I was going to say, Bobby, that's, that's the game. Don't you don't bet on, you just watch. I was like, actually, I don't want to watch it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't watch it because it's on ESPN plus even better. Channels. <laughs> All right, Oklahoma State, but Texas goes is at three. But the next game, actually, in the Big Twelve uh, schedule, Oklahoma State goes to West Virginia. Quietly, both teams only have one loss in the Big Twelve. Uh, West Virginia better at home than away. Uh, Oklahoma State riding a little uh, run now that they went with Alan Bowman at quarterback. Unbelievable. I mean, I don't think Oklahoma State has much, but. Mike Gundy took that pasting that they took at the hands of South Alabama at home, took the bye and just completely re reworked his offense, reworked his football team, you know, put in new starters, finally solidified quarterback. He's not doing the Gunner Gundy, Garrett Rangel, uh, Alan Bowman rotation. They really are feeding the ball to Ollie Gordon, who's proving to be the next Oklahoma State running back star. Uh, he's a good pass catcher and runner. Uh, they've got enough talent outside to keep you honest. And Gundy's scheming it up. They've swept both Kansas teams at home. Obviously, that would have thought both of those were losses prior to two weeks ago. A hundred percent. I had those written down as losses. That you know, and you know, Oklahoma State and Gundy are resilient. Um, I still don't think long term things are going to work out there, given the new world of NIL and, and Gundy's sort of inability to, to navigate some of those waters long-term. But, man, you, you got to tip your hat to the guy. He is a good coach. There's the reason he is the longest-standing uh, Big 12 coach. Uh, he's won a lot of football games, and he has only lost uh, – he's only not won seven games or more once in his career. That was the first year at OSU. So it looks like they're headed to another seven-plus win season in a bowl. Uh, that said – I think this is going to be a very competitive game. Unlike the Cincinnati-Baylor game, where it's fairly evenly matched teams that you don't want to watch, this is a fairly evenly matched game that you may actually want to watch because I think it's going to be competitive, uh, have a pretty good style of play, contrasting style of play. 
West Virginia, look, Neil Brown, I think, has probably done enough to save his job, but he needs if, to finish. If he has to finish, if he doesn't have a if he has a fade down the back stretch starting here, then everything goes back into peril, right? It's like that first part of the season didn't matter starting four and one. So super interesting game. Uh, will have some actual effects on the Big 12 title race. You know, if Oklahoma State wins this, it's kind of interesting. You know, they're they're sort of a live dark horse for the rest of this Big 12 conference race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, uh, Texas Tech, BYU, this is the game that I think both teams have to have if they harbor any hope of, of going forward. To, BYU is 4-2, and two, but not doing well in conference. Texas Tech, a woeful 3-4. and four to start the season. I did not anticipate this. They're down to their third string quarterback, uh, Jake Strong, after losing Barons Morton last week. You know, what are your thoughts? They, and this is at BYU. Is Baron Morton going to return? We, we, I don't know for sure on that, but we'll, we'll see. I, mean, okay. I, I, I think whether he's injured or Texas Tech is keeping that obscured for a reason, for game planning reasons. Ultimately, BYU no-showed against TCU. And that was embarrassing. Uh, so it's not just that TCU freshman quarterback Josh Hoover dominated BYU, threw for over 400 yards, threw for four touchdowns. First 21 plays from scrimmage, Bobby, for TCU, 17 passes. Sonny Dyke's not scared of uh, throwing his, his freshman quarterback. And for the second year in a row, Bobby, uh, Sonny Dykes has managed to start the inferior quarterback uh, uh, letting injury reveal that the, the second teamer was probably the better guy. So we'll see. Uh, BYU no-showed on both sides of the ball, though. Their offense was absolutely pathetic against TCU. Obviously, back in Provo is going to be good for them. They've got altitude. They've got the sense that they got a rally, and, and this is a must-win game. I, I just think the, the result of this game is tell me if Baron Morton's healthy or not. Uh, if, if, he, if he's able to play – I probably would take Tech on the road advisedly, guardedly. But if he can't go, then it's anything could happen in this game. They can't – one thing's for sure. Tech cannot continue to run its quarterback. Um, that's – that they're just getting injured uh, because of it. All right, uh, TCU goes to Kansas State. Uh, this is an interesting game because both teams made quarterback changes in the off – or last week, TCU – going to Josh Hoover after Chandler Morris gets injured. And then Avery Johnson gets added to the mix for Kansas State, and he's more of that run-first guy, rushes for five touchdowns last week against Texas Tech. You know, so now you got a dual-headed monster over at Kansas State. TCU, Kansas State, how are you looking on that one? That's six I both teams. Are gonna, I, think, I think both teams are going to struggle to stop the other. TCU has a poor run defense. And when they use numbers to stop the run, that's KSU's wheelhouse. They're very good at low-risk, high-reward passing when they know they've got a loaded box. And they've got a tight end in a guy that you and I, I know we both love, and Ben Sinat, who is absolutely great at gashing you for 25, 30, 35-yard gains on little pop passes when you load the box. Uh, I think TCU is going to struggle to stop Kansas State, particularly at home. I think Kansas State's going to struggle to stop TCU. I think what was revealed as the seasons progressed, whether against Missouri or against Oklahoma State, Kansas State is just not up to speed on defense. You know, they don't have the coverage guys that they had last year. 
They don't have the pass rush that they had last year. I think Josh Hoover, first big road test for him, uh, that's going to be important. The way he played against BYU and the composure he showed, very quick thinking, very accurate, very composed. Uh, you had told me when I was when I brought him up that he played that system in high school. Boy, did it show when they played BYU. I think they're going to go into the Manhattan, and I think they're going to go score for score. I think it's going to be a highly entertaining game. Interesting. Uh, what is the line on that one right now? Uh, I, I know Kansas State's favored. I think TCU's getting a little less than a touchdown. That's probably going to shift right before kickoff. Interesting. In uh, it'll probably be the team, if I'm guessing, the team that can run the ball better, which means it'll probably be K-State that wins that game. That's just my my take on it. All right, uh, Paul, thanks for the Saturday conversation, bud. we got to go. I know we all got we both got places to be and things to do today with the Longhorns taking on uh, U of H at three. Uh, for Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of the Saturday Conversation.